Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. I'm Josh Muccio, and from Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch, where real entrepreneurs pitch to real investors. Welcome to be pointing at a screen. Hi. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Hi. Hi, Hunter. Phil. Nice to meet you. Hey. I'm Hunter, hoping nice your company you. is Lunar. Yes. Uh, Lunar, Hunter, nice Lunar. Hunter, nice hey, to meet you. Hello, Hunter. Cool. I'm Lunar. Saying... Wait a minute. Right here. We've met a Maybe long met time at, ago. The, the, the Techstars Mobility Detroit. Yes, probably first class. <laughs> yes. I still get your I still get your newsletter. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad that you noticed it. Sorry. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I know him. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so it seems Charles Hudson with Precursor Ventures has met today's founder before. But he has yet to invest in his company. So we'll see if this is the meeting that changes things. Charles is joined by Jillian Manis from Structure Capital, Phil Nadell with Forefront Venture Partners, and Daniel Galati with Comcast Ventures. Our investors take a seat and look to Hunter Rosenblum, who's here today to pitch his startup, Lunar Wireless. So uh, we're Lunar Wireless, and uh, Lunar Wireless is the first bill-free carrier. Um, And so if you're wondering why I would start a wireless carrier, um, or why any young person would get into such an old industry, uh, it's because me and my co-founder, honestly, we love phones um, in the nerdiest way. Um, My bar mitzvah theme was (laughs) phone-themed. So when I was 13 years old, like there are printouts of me with giant blowups of iPhones and uh, some of the first Android phones and and gadget logos, <laughs> you cool. name it. Um, and then my co-founder, you know, was basically not even going to class in high school and building VoIP software. Like we are dweebs awesome. at our heart. We love phones. Hunter calls himself a dweeb, but he's also putting out a little bit of a tech bro vibe. You know the type, young, overly confident, and has seen the social network more times than they can count. The question is, does Hunter have the goods to back up his confidence? Basically, we had uh, come across an internet uh, study from Pew Research, if you had heard of it. They do a lot of studies on internet access across the country. And we found that four in 10 people uh, in Detroit don't have broadband access. And we read this article and we were like, no way. And we started interviewing more and more people and we found that, yeah, it doesn't just affect the four in 10 you know, people in Detroit, which by the way, that number is emulated in a lot of American cities. Um, and one in every four US adults is without constant internet access, which is crazy. Um, um, really? Yes. <laughs> Between the ages of 18 and 65. Taking a page right out of the techpreneur playbook, Hunter and his friend turned business partner both dropped out of school. But they didn't move to Silicon Valley. They moved to Detroit. And they immediately started pounding the pavement on a quest to figure out why so many people weren't yet on 4G. And what Hunter found is, no surprise, a lot of people were having trouble affording phones. But he and his co-founder realized it was way more complicated than just buying a phone. It was the bills that were really killing them. And it has to do with the way most wireless carriers bill their customers. 
there's no way to be a budget user. The bill just doesn't pay attention to usage, right? Why? It doesn't pay attention to what you actually use. It's like cable plans when you buy like, you know, a yeah. thousand channels, but you watch four. What if you could only pay for the channels you watch, you know? It really and, pisses me off. Yeah, it's crazy, it's right? It's crazy. And so we said, uh, man, this is crazy. Like, there has to be a better way to do this. So they started digging into the pricing models. He noticed the big wireless carriers like Verizon and AT&T build for a set number of gigabytes of data every month. Let's say five gigs. Whether or not their customer actually needed that much, Hunter thought, why should they have to pay for loads of data they're never going to use? And we said, what if we charge people per app? People know what apps they're using. What if we let them pay for unlimited data for only the apps they use on the days they use them and that's it? And so that's essentially what Lunar is. We call it a pay-what-you-want model. The next step was putting that model into practice. And this is when Hunter and his partner got super scrappy. They started buying hundreds of phones on one family plan, scratching off the logo on the phone's SIM cards, and then installing their own software. Then they turned around and sold them as Lunar wireless phones. <laughs> and every month I would go do cash deposits to the back of the store. And we would hack all the phones and we would literally sell them on the street. And that's how we got kicked off. And now literally tomorrow we launch nationwide. So you'll be able to buy a Lunar phone. It'll come to your door. We don't have to worry about paying cash in the back of a store. Hunter is here today asking investors for a million bucks to help turn Lunar Wireless into a household name. To get them and their money behind him, he needs to prove that this pay-what-you-want model could actually disrupt the wireless industry. Explain that model a little bit more. It's per app and based on your daily usage. Yeah, and I can actually give you a demo if that's okay. That's probably the, yeah, why don't you do yeah. that? the best way to do it. Yeah. So this is, you know, one of the phones that you can buy on Lunar Wireless. It's Google Pixel. So the idea is that we basically, you know, you fill up a balance. So you add like five bucks onto your Lunar balance. And then when you open an, up, uh, an app, so let's say I open up, I don't know, Fly Delta, it'll say, hey, you haven't paid for data today. Please take this online. It's 25 cents. We charge 25 cents per app, flat rate, no matter what the app is. Per app you, per day. Yes, per app okay. per day. So you get a full day's worth of data access for that app. 24 hours now. For 24 hours, yeah. And how much would that be? Let's say, I mean... At the end of the month? Yeah. So that's the cool part. Uh, the average monthly bill that we see is about $15 at the end of the month. The highest bill we've ever seen is 48, and the American average right now is 73. You can't even get Project Fi for that. Wow. I know. I'm base a Fi rate. subscriber. You can't even get the base rate for Fi for is that. that right? yeah. <laughs> what I is it? for Fi is 20 bucks. Really? I, Fi is the happiest, I'm the happiest Fi consumer because you only pay down to the megabyte right. for what you use. Yeah. Right. Nothing more. Charles is referring to Project Fi, Google's answer to today's complicated cell phone plans. With Fi, you start with a base rate of $20 for talk and text, and then you pay $10 per gigabyte of data, only paying for the gigabytes you actually use. And you heard Charles. He loves Fi because it's simple and reasonably priced. But Hunter is saying that Lunar is even cheaper. So what do the margins work out to on average when you're, you're on an app, you're getting 25 cents and paying a variable cost? What's the average margin? Yeah, so it depends on the kind of app. Um, on like a regular app, we'll do like 11 cents on a 25 cent purchase. 11 cent take. Like take, yeah. Take, right. And how, like, when we look at these unlimited services, we think a lot about the profitability of a power user versus a uh, non-power user. And we think a lot about 
do you make money off of your users that use you the most? And and, so and just let me piggyback on, yeah. on that because I think where you're going is that over time, this kind of model tends to gravitate towards more power users. Because right? it's such a great service. It's a great service and power users will gravitate towards it. And so the, the, the use case becomes more power users. And, and you just worry that you're giving away a dollar for Your increase so yeah. over time. So that's, yeah. So like power users are not trying to zerp the most amount of data from a single app necessarily. They're trying to be the most cost-effective at the end of the month, right? Um, and that involves being on Wi-Fi as much as possible, using apps offline, downloading your news in the morning and reading it offline later. You know, power users from our standpoint are a little bit different from the power users that you think of. And that's the cool part, that's the fun part, right? Like, when we interview our customers, the thing they say is like, it's like a secret hack, right? It's a tool that we can use to like, get back at the, <laughs> get back at the carriers, <laughs> pay what we want, right? Um, can I ask the question I think you guys are getting to, which is, if I'm someone who says, I'm just going to use YouTube and Spotify. Right. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to watch YouTube videos all day long, 24-7. Like, Does that break the model? Yeah. So basically... Um, Which I assume it does. Basically, right now, when you go to Carrier and they say it's unlimited, it's not. You hear the fine print. Once you break a certain you know, gigabyte data allowance, um, then it'll go ahead and uh, slow down, right? It's called throttling. Um, and throttling is a pain in the butt when you're like have a one gig plan on Metro and you accidentally watched an HD video in 4K and you used all of your data for the rest of the month and now every single app is slow. So we do throttle, um, but there's two, you know, asterisks to our throttling. Um, the first is that, first of all, if you're like a good user and you're barely, you know, abusing it every day, like why not just like let you have the good experience that day, right? You just build a model out of it, right? Like make sure that we can take an acceptable amount of loss on certain apps, right? Or in certain places. Um, and then the second thing uh, that we do is we throttle on a per app per day basis. So if, you know, you're, you know, sitting on YouTube and you're watching 4K <laughs> all day, like, yeah, we're going to slow down YouTube and it's only throttled for the day. And look, at the end of the day, like it's our average is $15 a month versus the 73. I think the, the value prop's stronger. The throttling is better than throttling for the whole month. Yeah. You know, for every app, that's painful. So if you're a streaming on 4G junkie, maybe Lunar isn't going to be the optimal service for you. But the bet Hunter is making is that this isn't most people. The 200 customers Lunar has signed up so far just want a simple wireless service, one where they can make calls, text, and use the internet. And if occasionally they want to go hog wild on YouTube or Netflix, that's okay too. All for the average price of 15 bucks a month. So I think your your pricing model is disruptive. Yeah. And, and I, I applaud you for that. I think it's really cool. Yeah. But what concerns me is is usage, because I see this as a, a phone that people will buy, put it in the drawer, and, and keep it in case they need it for a spare phone. Not have to worry about paying for it each month, which is great, but have it if they need it. The 200, yeah, yeah let's say you're going to get 15 bucks yeah. a month, and you're, you'll break even in six months, and you'll have a customer for many years, yeah. but you have a lot of people who aren't going to use it at all. So the average numbers you know, aren't there and that- uh, Not necessarily. I think my answer back is like, same thing you guys, you know, sort of pointed at me, it's 200, it's small. Yeah. And like, you know, all of it is small. And like all of it was just proof points we needed in order to get the deals to be able to scale with no question. And now people can buy a phone from Lunar, it'll ship to their door, we don't have to worry about anything. And now we can focus on building a better model, making sure that we're getting to the right customers, that, you know, we're bringing on the right people, that it's not gonna be a spare phone. 
why uh, the 200 subs? Just trying to get my head around that. Yeah. You've got capital. Why not keep, yeah. you know, hacking it, hacking your way to a thousand, hacking your way to yeah. two thousand? You know how labor intensive it is to scratch like the word like metro I'm not giving the right name I'm just going to say one metro PCS off a sim card and then put it in a phone and then manually hack but the phone but isn't that your whole bit like your whole business them. is like go out and get these subscribers like you've got a scrappy team you've got capital like mm-hmm. go out and 5x your subscriber base go tell my team to pack phones and stuff like they have other stuff to do and like it's just it's so much logistics like do any of you really want to get like i mean maybe you do invest in hardware but do you really want to get into that space if that's not what you know and do right like we love phones like we love like having great phones we love understanding the hardware but we build software for them we build operating systems for them and so like spending our time doing that and figuring that out would be a temporary solution hunter is confident he's basically like Daniel, my friend, we are past scratching off SIM cards and going door to door. We're not your kid's lemonade stand. We're a tech company. We think deals with wireless carriers and partner with manufacturers like Blue. This train is leaving the station and you want to be on it. The real solution is this whole innovative model of shipping directly from the OEM, which, by the way, Blue is not the only one who's agreed to it. Blue is the only one I could talk you've got about. Two, you've got two, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and there aren't that many phone manufacturers, so two's a lot. So what what are the Wait. barriers to entry here? So I can go, Jillian and I can go start a Luna number two, go to Blue or someone like Blue, get a data deal pretty easily. What, how do you think about sort of a real mode around this business? Like yeah, that? I mean, the first thing is an old and ugly business, man. This is telco, right? Like this is an old business uh, and it isn't as easy as just getting a deal, right? They're actually made as more of gatekeepers than anything. So they're not out there sourcing deals, right? Like Verizon isn't out there like, please, everybody come do a partnership with us. Um, so these deals are not super common and like all of the whole process of paying per app is patented. And so all of that is our core technology. And in terms of the hardware manufacturers, this is notoriously hard. So I get that, that you and the team are super passionate about yeah. this. Uh, that comes through loud and clear. But why are you the right team to, to take on this yeah. kind of challenging uh, role or challenging project? So, you know, for my co-founder and I, like, other than just passion, like, my co-founder's been building VoIP software since he was, like, you know, 14 years old. Like, voice over IP. Like, was he <laughs> like 16 software. now? Yeah, well, he's 19 oh. uh, now. So he's been building VoIP software for a while. And then for me, like, I got kicked out of AP Physics for in senior year for just, like, literally hacking phones in class. I mean, this is what we live for. We've been building products like this for a while. I've built over 30 consumer products to have gone viral. Um, you know, the rest of our team is also insane. Um, we've built, like, an awesome team of people that just build internet products. We are not a telco company in the traditional sense. We're a bunch of people that build consumer mobile products and internet products. And we said, Let's take this and apply it to telco. So how much have you raised altogether? Because I'm hearing... 4.1. So you've raised $4.1 million. You have 200 customers, 200 users. Where'd the $4.1 million... We didn't spend any of that 3.1 yet. So how much much have you deployed? Uh, We only spent about a million of it. Yeah, we're in Detroit. It's cheap. And how much are you raising raising at this moment? Yeah, Yeah, so we have... 
Yeah, yeah of course. Ahead. So we have about 2 million in space left open. Um, we've kind of said like, all right, we're going to leave like 2 million in space open. It's a million for OEM partners. And uh, we leave another million in space open for VCs that we think are awesome and really could help us push the business forward. So, so. you've you've deployed 1 million. Yeah. You ostensibly have three in the bank. Yeah. And yet you're raising another two. Yeah. And what's the valuation? Uh, the last valuation cap yeah. that we raised on was a 14. It was a 14. Right. A $14 million valuation is nothing to sneeze at. And Hunter is saying that's what the valuation was. It's higher now. It's time for the investors to decide if they think Lunar Wireless is the next big thing in the cellular industry. Here's Jillian. Um, I think for me, it's too early and too expensive. Yeah, be really, really honest. Um, I think you are a rock star, and I can only imagine what your team looks like. And the fact that you're this young and this switched on it just is blowing me away. I think for me is I do want to see more traction. I yeah. do want to understand. Um, but you're you're on a you're an inflection point. Yes, and I I just want to see more. Um, I so believe in you because clearly you believe so much in this product, you're breathing it. And yeah. it's very, it's really quite wonderful. I'm breathing it with you. I just, I do want to see a bit more. Jillian is out. Phil's next. Your passion is contagious. It really is. I mean, is. you know, you, you get us excited about it, which is great. Uh, but for me, it's it's early and expensive. And also, I mean, frankly, you're looking for for value-added investors, uh, and I get that. You have plenty of cash, you have good runway, you don't need more money necessarily. Exactly. You're looking not, for value-added investors, exactly. and I can't add a lot of value. No. Charles is next. He passed on Hunter and Lunar before. Will he do it again? For me, it's just price. I mean, I met you yeah. in Techstars Mobility. I, it was a different price back then. It was a different price back then. That's <laughs> on me. And uh, honestly, when I met you, I was like, there's no way they can pull this off. Like, you can't start a carrier with two people that can't legally drink. Like, it's actually not possible. And you've proven me wrong. For me, it's just price. I run a small fund, so yeah. like entry price matters. But if there's a way to find a price that works in a range for us, I would love to support you being a native Detroiter. This is a, this is a problem that really resonates with me. And I think once people learn how to use the phone, your support costs, your all the other things that make running a, a nationwide postpaid carrier, billing, fraud, dispute, these are really expensive parts of the business yes. that you, your model kind Absolutely. of punts on. Yeah, Termina- right. Getting out of termination of contracts, yeah. all these things, they really add up and make it really adversarial. Yeah. And you've kind of simplified that. So, out. So, so, it looks like Charles is out too. Although it sounds like he's saying if the price were lower, he'd invest. Daniel is the last investor standing. Just at a high level, I think more than product innovation, more than technology innovation, business model innovation is like the true value creator in like in tech, right? And 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 in in business more generally. So, and that that's happening here, right? Mm-hmm. I think you're turning the the wireless model on its head and making it customer first and creating this thin layer um kind of next gen, like, I don't know, carrier almost. And I think that's really, really exciting. It's really, really disruptive. And I think you're doing it at a price point that um, that could lead to a multi-billion dollar, you know, outcome. I'm, I'm more than happy to kind of stay connected 
you can fill me out as a potential value add. I can kind of get to know you a little bit more. And then I think the TAM is big enough here yeah. that sure, yeah. we're okay kind of writing a bigger check for, for real ownership. For so listeners, I think, that's total addressable market. Total addressable market, yeah. I think, I think if this works, it's really big. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. That was really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Completely thank impressive. You. Yeah, let's hang out. I'm here yeah. for the rest of the week. So cool. if yeah. anyone wants to hang out, I'm around. After Hunter left the room, the investors compare notes. It's like not actually possible to talk about how not well formed this was when I saw it at Textile yeah. Mobility two and a half years ago. Oh, I... They were just like, we're going to build a carrier in Detroit and we're going <laughs> to sell phones out of the back of our car. And I was like, yeah, you... they didn't have this whole pricing model. Like, we're going to find a way to make these phones cheaper and affordable. I'm like, well, that sounds like motherhood and apple pie. Like, how do you get from there? I mean, yeah. this guy today, because I didn't remember before, is mm-hmm. so impressive. See, I, I mean... I... My gut was, do I want to put $100,000 yeah, into I'm this? Thinking, you know, in my head, I keep thinking, maybe I should put 200000 in. I know, I'm thinking about just making because an investment myself. It's him. And, to me, at yeah, this yeah. point, it's like very, very binary. It's binary, exactly. At yeah. this point right today, November today, 1st, tomorrow's binary. launch. Like, it's very binary. It's either going to... Totally. To, and... I, I told them, I just but worry about- But don't you want that as a seed investor? You want that's the That's what I love. That's you want yeah. the yes, yes, but at this price- it's tough. I, I mean, to have. But that, I don't think the price. If it, to your point, it's binary. So, like, if it works, I know. it's usually going to be a massive acquisition or a total failure. Yes, totally. Well, One or the other. Totally. And for me, I'm again. I and I said this to him. I'm worried that a lot of people are going to buy it and put it in a drawer and use it as a spare phone. And and I could see that happening. And that's yeah. going to destroy their pricing model. No, I think for me, it's a binary bet. It's either the fifty turns into something really, really interesting, or fifty is like I can afford. If tomorrow the whole launch goes terrible, I'm like, well, that was the fastest fifty. That yeah. Kukrush is lost in the history yeah. of the font. Totally. So while the investors try to convince each other they made the right decision, Hunter and I were catching up in another room. That hour is crazy, man. What a what a task. What right? a task. Yeah. Was it more than what you expected it would be? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Like it was like I thought it would be fun, but it was like very fun. Like it was like a lot of different. You you guys collect an amazing group of investors in the room that are so different, but also so uh, you know with it and like forward thinking. But honestly, um, amazing stuff. So I'm I'm so hyped. This was fun. Do you think you'll close them? You know, I don't like to call shots beforehand, but uh, you know, if if they can work on the price, I, I think so. I mean, they seem super value add. I also, you know, it's not just about closing; it's about making sure that they're the right people, um, making sure that as we follow up over the next few weeks, that I feel like I can really work with them and they can be amazing, amazing partners in the future. Um, but as the as the time goes on, um, we will see. Yes, we will. <laughs> Sweet. So while Hunter and I were talking about whether he could one day close these investors, unbeknownst to the two of us, they were back in the control room starting to wonder if they hadn't just made a huge mistake. As soon as Hunter gathered his stuff to leave, Jillian flagged him down. Oh, 
And so, uh, just minutes after she passed on his company, Jillian starts wheeling and dealing with Hunter, telling him, listen, I'd love to make a deal, but can we get the valuation down a little? And right as she's saying this, Charles comes up and says, you know what? I think I made a mistake. I want to invest 50K in Lunar Wireless. And then Phil starts sniffing around. Finally, I'm like, all right, everyone, back into the studio. This pitch obviously isn't over. Okay, so Hunter, I'm having regrets a bit um, because I really want to track you. I know you, Charles, you already are in on this, right? So you already committed 50. That's right. Right, because you want to, you know that this guy's going to win, right? Right. And here's the thing, I do too. So I I want to do 50. I'm going to give you 50 because I want to track you. So I too, after we were talking, I had regrets. This is not this is not appropriate for for our fund, for our syndicate, because of the lack of traction. But I, you're impressive. I want to personally invest, but I only want to do 25 if you could do that. Let me track, let me invest personally 25,000. And that way I'm, you know, staying in touch with you and uh, sort of staying on board. So now we're talking about 125. Can we lock the door so Daniel can't come back yeah. in? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And then it was, it was 50, 50 for me, you yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think, you know, 125 is, is acceptable, acceptable solution. And, you know, I, I always say this, like pending my co-founder's approval. Of course. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. This yeah. is like, this is cool. Thank you again. Thank you again and again. And this is the last time. Maybe the next time will be a bigger number. We'll get get Daniel to pay up for the year. Yeah. There we go. That's a great idea. Daniel, we figured out your goal. So just when we all thought Hunter was going 0 for 4 with our investors, he's instead going home with three investments totaling 125K. Don't ever underestimate the power of FOMO. When we come back, I find out from Hunter how this all played out after the fact. Support for this show comes from Fiverr, the world's largest marketplace for freelance services. In the fast-paced world of business, every decision counts. And when it comes to hiring, there's no room for guesswork. That's why Fiverr has developed solutions for businesses to make outsourcing projects simple, quick, and compliant. You can gain access to curated talent through Fiverr Pro's catalog of top freelancers, organized by skill and experience. Streamline your projects with a user-friendly dashboard, where you can track progress and collaborate with your team. And for anyone needing the highest level of white glove service, Fiverr Pro's project partners can manage multiple freelancer engagements for you. Project partners will outline requirements, assemble a roster of freelancers, and manage a schedule to ensure your deliverables are completed on time. Ready to scale smarter? Visit pro.fiverr.com to sign up and use code VOX for 15% off any service. That's pro.fiverr.com and use code VOX. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. 
If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Welcome back. It's been two and a half months since Hunter pitched and reeled in three of four investors. So I called him up to hear how things are going and what he thought about how it all went down in the room. So after the pitch, when you and I were talking and it looked like no deals were going to happen, and then right as you went to leave, the investors all started reappearing one by one, kind of saying, oh, you know what? I think I made a mistake and I want to invest. What was going through your mind when that was all happening? Um, in that moment, I think it was just like, I'm open to hearing what she had to say. You know, we had said we take small checks sometimes as a, you know, sort of like a leeway into a bigger check. We'll say, right. oh, you know, we'll take this small check. We'll kind of keep you updated on the business. I send out that email update every week with what we did last week, what we're doing next week and all that sort of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I think they wanted to be a part of that update. And also they wanted to build a personal connection with me and like them putting money on the table, like really shows that they're actually, you know, willing uh, and that they yeah. want to build that relationship. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that, but yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like their way of getting their foot in the door, a way of keeping in touch. Um, yeah. I mean, it does seem kind of expensive, right? To put in 25,000 or $50,000 for a foot in the door, just for a weekly email. Um, so let's say going down the road, they don't end up doing a follow on. They don't end up putting in a normal size check that they would need to, to get the return that their partners are looking for. Like, then it seems like that 25 K just isn't worth it. Right. Yeah, of course. But I guess that's investing, right? You never know what you're going to do. And like having put in that check, I think says a lot because what, you know, think of it the other way, look at it the other way. Like when a company becomes a breakout success and everybody wants to invest, right? Like then the company has to decide who is there first, you know, who showed their interest. And there'll be a million people uh, who said, oh, I supported you. I totally thought you're awesome. But there's only going to be a few who actually, you know, pulled out their checkbook and said, checks. I really support you. Exactly. And I yeah. think it's like, it's a real show of courage for an investor to do something like that. And it's it's a really brave thing to do. And like, yeah, maybe it doesn't work out here and there, but sometimes it does work. And also look at it this way. If, if you know, you invest in an entrepreneur and the company goes under, like that entrepreneur is not going to stop being an entrepreneur. And that early show of courage, you know, they'll always remember that. And when they, you know, go on later to start another company and another company and another company after that, uh, you were always an early supporter of them. All right. So here's the million dollar question, or I guess $50,000 question, but uh, <laughs> have each of those three investments gone through? Yes. 
all of the investors have come through. Uh, they did their diligence and all of them have written checks. I'm so happy that they were able to do that. Um, really awesome. excited to be able to work with them. Yeah, yeah. So 25 from Phil, 50 from Charles, and 50 from, uh, from Jillian. Got it. Wow. All right. So let's talk um, about let's talk about the rollout. Like you know, like you you launch with Blue the following day afterwards. Um, yeah, like give me the how are things going? It's been great. So we launched basically pre-orders of the Blue S1. We've been receiving many pre-orders daily. It's amazing to see like the interest and response. I think you tell anyone that they can have like mobile service without a monthly bill and they're at least going to listen. Um, so it's been really exciting. We've been beefing up the team. We've been hiring illustrators, product designers, copywriters, and now, you know, about to make a big hire for our director of marketing um, and really just figuring out how to tell the story uh, has been most of like what we've been doing. So on the show, you had 200 customers and you were about to launch the day after. Uh, how many customers do you guys have now? So, I mean, it's been like two months, I think. Yeah. So, you know, we're not too public about those sort of numbers. So I'll just kind of have to, you know, say uh, a lot you more You got to give that. me something. <laughs> a lot more than that. Let's put it that way. A lot more. We're definitely going to have to beef up, beef up our support. Like we need to get our, our stuff together and, you know, ready to support those customers. So. I mean, so like what you're really trying to do is disrupt, you know, the entire cellular industry with this by saying, okay, you can have an awesome phone and pay less than anybody else. Like it's truly disruptive. But then again, like you're going up against people like Google with, you know, Project Fi and then like Cricket Wireless, which is a household name. Like what makes you think, like, you really think you can actually make a dent in a market that's this well established and has other people kind of already tackling the pricing model anyway? Hey, I mean, we've already gotten started, right? Like this is pure passion driving our team. We love phones. Like we are a team of people that literally, you know, will bend over backwards for our customers. We've gotten started already. Everyone told us we weren't going to be able to get deals with the wireless carriers. And we did, you know, how some of them even invested, right? You know, they said we wouldn't be able to partner with the manufacturers. And, you know, we announced this one with Blue and we have more to come in 2018, right? You know, we've come out and said, look, like, we don't care like if there's an established market. We're going to do it because people deserve it, because customers deserve it, right? Like there is a better way to do this. And the point of Lunar, the whole point of the pay per app solution is really putting power and control in the customer's hand. And by building out the products we do, you know, we're able to enable like enable them to save money, right? So um, I've been wanting to ask this. Like you mentioned how crazy you are about phones. You've said you have your team has such a pure passion for this. I like I get it. Like I like technology. I think it's great, but I'm not I'm not crazy about it like you are. What is it about phones that you like so much and you seem to have like dedicated your life to it? <laughs> Man, okay. Did you used to watch the Jetsons? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of them. Okay, you remember how they used to like video chat on screens in their kitchen and everyone thought it was the coolest thing in the world? And now you can do that in your pocket, right? Like you can call right. anyone in the world from anywhere. You could talk about anything. You could look at any product. You can learn anything from something in your pocket. 
right? You're late at night, you know, you're getting ready to go to bed. People used to have to take out a book from the library. Now I could just Google something and read all about it and stay up all night and become an expert, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it's not just phones. It's just like the idea of the internet and connectivity and bringing people online. Like the fact that anyone can learn anything, do anything, talk to anyone. Like, yeah. this is the future. Like, this is the sci-fi that we were even reading about since we were kids. Like, this is what we've always wanted. And it's here and it's in our pocket and it's with us everywhere we go. I mean, that's crazy. That is just like, it's surreal. It's absolutely surreal. Well, it's hard to argue with that kind of passion. Lunar Wireless is definitely one of those startups I'd like to keep tabs on, sans the 25K check, of course. And if anything big happens with them, we'll let you know. We want to hear from you. Where does your passion come from? When trying to come up with business ideas, do you look for things that bug you the most in your own personal life? Or do you go out looking for problems that need a solution? Because I've heard it both ways. Some people swear by the idea that you should scratch your own itch, while others say to take a more data-driven approach, find a need, do a study, or in Hunter's case, read a study, and then move to that city to see for yourself. Anyway, I'm curious. How are people coming up with their own business ideas? Join the conversation over at thepitch.show slash discuss. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. And one last thing, if you're a startup founder or you know someone who is, you can apply at thepitch.show slash apply. Our next recording event is in February in San Francisco. We're looking for companies in the seed stage with early traction. We aren't looking for companies in any specific vertical. Our focus is on finding startup founders who have a story to tell. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Kareem Maddox, and Molly Donahue. We are edited by Devin Taylor. Original music composed by The Musemaker and Bobby Lord. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, and we were mixed by Enoch Kim. Lisa Muccio plans our recording events, and thanks to Samira Sohail for her reporting on this episode. And for the intro to Lunar Wireless, we have the fine folks over at Betaworks and specifically Matthew Hartman to thank. And as a reminder, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. See you next week. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.